0: We've got so much stuff going on, sometimes we forget to announce things. Uh, I'm still just really weird feeling. Um, I haven't had a fever in like three or four days. I'm not contagious or anything, but I just, my body's not recovered and it's aggravating. <laughs> like, I guess I'm getting older and it just doesn't recover as quickly, but I keep thinking, okay, today's the day. going will be better. I can go do stuff and I'll go do stuff and I'll go, oh, I should not have done anything. I feel terrible. Um, but we're gonna, this is gonna kind of be the introduction to uh, I don't know if I'll call it a series, and maybe it'll be a series on the kingdom. Um, most of us came up, the ones that have been in this church for a while, learning and understanding about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, um, and the reality of it, and how really cool that was. But at the same time, oh, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, um, there are some that haven't heard that, and then there, there are many like me that have, um, when you go back and read it again, it just it brings new light, especially through the lenses of grace now that we see it that way as well. Um, so this will kind of be an introduction. I don't plan on keeping you too long because I am feeling a little weak and puny. Um, but this will be kind of an introduction, and we're going to go through talking about the kingdom now. Before we do, I'm going to give you a couple, a couple things to think about as we start talking about this and as we go through it, and I'll kind of remind you of them as we, as we progress through this teaching. I don't know if, how many of you are familiar uh, with Wi-Fi and how Wi-Fi works? Probably most of us. Um, Wi-Fi is like, in the old days, it would be radio frequencies, but Wi-Fi is all around us. It's kind of going through us. We don't see it, but we can feel the effects of it by, by playing on our phones or doing whatever you want because you have the Internet, the whole interwebs. Um, and so it's, it's, in essence, physically invisible, right? But it's there. That makes sense? All right, another thing, uh, thinking of things that are kind of invisible that you don't realize are there that are actually there. Another thing, have you ever like smelled a perfume or something and it brought you back like 20 years to a moment? Have y'all ever done that? Or walked into a building, a house, or a place, um, and smelled a smell or seen something or heard a song, and it immediately brings you back and all these emotions are tied to it. Have y'all ever done that? Um, there's so much more than just a song. It's just a song, right? Or it's just a perfume. It's just different fragrances that are put together. But there's so much more there that you can't see that are tied to it. Does that make sense? Now, what started all this? Of all things, <coughs> is well, I guess two things. One, Tracy was asking me in the middle of in the middle of my flu. She was asking me, "So wh- what are you going to get? What are you getting from all this?" I know you're going to say something about it on Sunday. Like, nothing. I'm not getting anything. Again, I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> and I don't ever, ever, ever wanna do this again. Ever, 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 ever. That was pretty much it. And that's pretty much what I told her. I was like, nothing, I got nothing. But somewhere in there I did, I always do. Um, but what it was, was a reminder of kind of an argument that her and I had. We talked about this yesterday, so I kind of got permission to talk. I'm not gonna give you details and spill all our dirty laundry out here. Um, because we, we don't argue all the time, there are times that we do argue, and there was one specific subject or one specific point um, that came up, and I was sick, and I'm not a very good sick person. Um, I'm kind of a baby, so I was sick, and I was being wimpy and whiny, and everything hurt, my head hurt, my body hurt. all I'm not going to get into the gory details, but everything was bad, all the things. <laughs> <coughs> All the types of sicknesses from stomach to head to sinuses, all of them had gone awry. <laughs> they were just completely bad. I was in bad shape. Um, and in doing so, I was kind of snarky and barky, like, at the kids and at Tracy. And I didn't realize until Tracy overheard one of the girls saying that I'd been mean that this week. I was like, I don't want to be mean. I'm not mean. And, and uh, so I asked Kylie, I was like, did you say I was mean? She was like, no. Tracy's like, she's like, well, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Um, but in the midst of doing all that or whatever, I, I was reminded of something that I said to Tracy that was a it was a disagreement that we had maybe six months before then. Um, and I basically said, okay, if you want to do that, that's kind of on you kind of thing, which is a jerk thing to do, but I did. It's kind of on you. Well, later on, it went wrong or something, and then when she told me about it, I did another jerk thing and basically... Like, okay, well, now you have to take care of it because it's basically your fault. And that's, that's essentially what I said. I didn't say that. I wasn't being quite that much of a jerk, and I didn't think that I was at the time. I just said it just real quick, like, okay, we'll take care of it. Well, there was a lot more that I didn't realize <laughs> until after um, I said it and saw the reaction. There was a lot more tied to that subject than I knew. Does that make sense? What I saw, I should have brought a whiteboard up here because I like to draw stuff. What I saw was... Just a disagreement between me and Tracy. It didn't work out, and I didn't want to have to deal with it. That's all I really saw. And so I was just basically saying, well, whatever, you take care of it kind of thing. But what I didn't see was there, was there were all these other things that were tied to that, all these other emotions, all these other frustrations and all these other um, issues, not like Tracy has issues, but all these other things that were tied to that, that when I said that, sparked all those things. Does that make sense? Was like an explosion. Like I said that, and it just triggered everything else. Does that make sense? I couldn't see. I didn't know. I would have never said it if I would have known. And I hurt her. I hurt Tracy. Do you? All the women understand. (laughs) I see all the women's faces going like this. All the guys are like, "Hmm." That's not a pop. Okay. (laughs) They're called landmines. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get myself. I'm gonna get myself into trouble. But don't worry. It'll just be on me. Y'all can email me later. <coughs> men and women are different. I know that's not a popular teaching right now. Men and women are different, okay? <laughs> I'm trying. Men and women are different. <laughs> it's broad generalizations here, but men, for the most part, speaking of myself and my experience in my almost 40 years at this point, men see things very simply and women don't does that make sense okay it's not good or bad i'm just saying it's just different it's just different and so what happens is when we see this should be like this we go hey that needs to be like that without thinking about all these things that are tied to that does that make sense until we say it (laughs) and then we're outside crying and we don't know why and the house is on fire. We're just confused. I just said the book was green. I don't know what happened. I just thought it was a green book. <laughs> so anyway, men and women are different. So all those things, but I'm trying to get to the point of this is. I'm not trying to get into a marital thing, which we do. We've, we've been trying to plan a marriage retreat this year, but it's been very difficult. We're going to have one. It's been very difficult, but we're going to get one together. Anyway, it's not where I'm going going with all the invisible things that you can't see. Bear with me. All right. So there are all these things. We talk about Wi-Fi. We talk about emotional things that are tied to it. Nostalgia when you smell something, when you see something. When you say something to someone, there's more that comes along with it. Relationships. Uh, I use Trace and I a lot just because I have a lot of experience there. We've been married 16 years. Okay. Let's see? I hope I get that right. 16 years. Married 16 years. And so there's a lot that we've been through together. We've seen things together, we've experienced things together, good things, bad things, all the things. And so even the things that we say to each other, come, there's a lot that goes along with that, right? When people say things to us, we understand things about each other that nobody else understands. And so we can go, oh, no, she's not going to like that, or oh, no, not that. Does that make sense? Because there's there's time and there's um, there's this, this relationship and all these emotions, all these things that are tied together that... You may not be able to see, but are there, okay? Invisible things. Should have named this some kind of magical thing. Anyway, I should I should be creative with cool videos and show you a magic trick or something, but I don't. I've been sick. Whatever. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna start. We're gonna talk about the kingdom, and I'm gonna give you several verses that talk about the kingdom, and then we're gonna end up um, Luke 17, and then we're gonna go way long in Luke. Not way long, but I mean we're gonna use a lot of scripture today. Um, and this is kind of just an introduction, so bear with me if it's not. Complete, complete, but it's just an introduction to it, and, and hopefully we'll kind of get, get what we're talking about here. We're going to start in Luke 4, 38. If you want to turn there, and I'm in NIV. Um, Luke 4, 38. It says Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over, he bent over her, <laughs> he bent over her, and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. Verse 40. At sunset the people brought, brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying, the, laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving there. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also because this is why I I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So he's saying right here, this is my purpose. This is why I'm here. This was Jesus' message while he was on earth was the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here now. So he's saying in verse 43, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. So I just want to establish that. This is why Christ was sent, to bring his kingdom with him, okay? Uh, we've, we have to separate the idea that our, our salvation is just a ticket to get to heaven. We have to understand that when Christ came, he brought heaven with him. He brought his kingdom with him. And so I know some of, some of this is familiar talk because we've heard it before, but I want to make sure we establish this as we go into to understanding more about the kingdom. Um, and we're going to bounce around. If you want to turn there, you can. Um, but I'll go through three more verses before I kind of settle where I, where I want to settle. Luke ten nine says, says, um, Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. John eighteen thirty six says, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But But now my kingdom is from another place. So you see what's happening here. He's trying to kind of help you understand what his kingdom is. It's not something just physical that you can see. And that's very much what they wanted. They wanted to see it. They wanted to understand it. They wanted to figure it out. Luke Luke 11, 17 says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that, that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they were, so then they will be your judges. Listen to verse 20. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay? So he's describing what's happening when he's healing people, when he's driving out demons. It's not by the powers of Beelzebub. It's not by just his own physical abilities. It's because of the kingdom of God that these things are happening. These are a manifestation of the kingdom of God invading earth. Does that make sense? We're we, On the same page? They all seek an explanation. Well, some of them did. Some of them just seek accusation. But this is where I want to settle. These, this is just kind of getting to here. Luke seventeen twenty, and we're going to read all the way down through um, and just kind of wrap up there at the end, around thirty seven. Luke seventeen twenty. So there's a question being asked here, and then there's a really long answer. Okay. So the question being asked is basically, when will the kingdom of God come? Luke 17, 20. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, there's the question. When's it going to come? When are we going to see this kingdom you keep talking about? You keep saying the kingdom of God's here. I'm healing people because the kingdom of God is here. I came. I brought my kingdom with me. When's it going to come? When's this actually going to happen? We've heard John the Baptist talk about it's coming. Now you're saying it's here. When? Is it now? When's it happening? So listen to this. Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is within you. It's inside you. It's in your midst. There are several different translations there. But what he's saying is the kingdom of God is inside. Now, this is very radical teaching back then. It's very radical teaching now, to be honest. If you, if you teach people about government and kingdoms, they're structured things that you can see, right? You could, you could write them down on paper and show you how they work. But his kingdom looked not only did it look radically different from their kingdom of what they understood a kingdom to be. Remember, they wanted the the, the Jews wanted a, a Jewish leader to come in, be a geopolitical leader, and, and establish them, and they wanted him to come in on a big white horse and be this this glorious king, not a baby in a manger. Not they thought that, that he was coming to defeat their, their physical enemies when he was really coming to defeat their real enemies, which was sin, death, and hell. Okay, do you see do you see the, the what's being missed here? I want you guys to kind of keep up with this too. They're they're trying to find something and see something that is happening right in front of them that they can't find and they can't see. Does that make sense? (laughs) It's hard for me to explain things that you can't see, but this is what they're doing. They're saying, where is it? We want to know where it is. What is it? What's it look like? And and we're going to, as I go through this teaching, we're going to go through where he describes what it looks like. But right now they're saying, um, when is it going to come? So you say, okay, it's not something that, you can, that can be observed. Normal people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is within you. Um, and he, as he goes down, he continues to answer the question, verse 22. Then he said to his disciples, The time is coming when you will not see one of the, one of the, one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is or here he is. Do not go running, do, do not go running off after them, for the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning which which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Now what Jesus is talking about here, and and the times that I've heard, have you all ever heard, and if you can already see kind of where it's building up to, have you all ever heard this uh, teaching on end times of Jesus coming back? Have you all heard that? And you'll see as we go on it's going to sound more and more like that, but I don't believe that's what he's talking about here. I believe what he's talking about is the ushering in of the kingdom of God and the new covenant coming in. And this blew my mind when I saw this, and I was like, ah, that's what he's talking about. This makes so much more sense. And so he's saying, listen, there's going to be a day when physically you can't see me, and people are going to say, well, there he is or there he is, but I'll be like lightning flashing across the sky. I'm going to be different. I'm not going to be in human form then. It will be different is what he's saying. But first, I have to suffer many things to be rejected by this generation. It's not happened yet. This is coming. Verse 26, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. So he's making a comparison here. People were were what? Eating, drinking, marrying, and being given into marriage. Uh, Up to the day Noah entered the ark, people were living their lives, things were happening, things were going on. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. Verse 28, It was the same in the days of Lot, People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Now, Jesus is referred to the Son of Man 88 times in the New Testament. The phrase Son of Man is a reference to the prophecy of Daniel in Daniel 7.13. You can make a little note of that if you want to go back to it. Because he mentions Son of Man several times here. And Daniel 7.13 says, "In In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was a was like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into, the, into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So when they're saying son of man, this is what they're talking about. They're talking about the Messiah. And when Jesus is explaining what the kingdom of God looks like, or not what it looks like when it's coming, that's why he uses these references and he keeps calling himself the son of man because he knows his audience is going to recognize this all the way back from Daniel. He's saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been looking for. He's declaring the truth of who he is. He's saying, this is what's going to happen So the description, Son of Man, was a a messianic title. Jesus is the one who was given all dominion and glory of the kingdom. When Jesus uses this phrase, he was assigning the Son of Man prophecy to himself. The Jews of that era would have been intimately familiar with the phrase and to whom it referred. Jesus was proclaiming himself to be the Messiah. So as he's going through this, he's saying, okay, just like these other times... Everyone's doing their thing. They're going through life. And then the flood affected all of them. And just like Sodom and Gomorrah, they were doing all these things. They were marrying. They were having life. But the fire and sulfur affected them all. He's using a a comparison here. In the same way, this new covenant will affect everyone. It's not exclusive to the Jews. It'll be Jews, Gentiles, everybody. It's going to affect all people. So you're asking me when it's going to come. This is is what it's going to look like, and this is when it's going to come. Now look at verse 30. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. Now let's stop there. What is he talking about? Is he talking about the end days when we're snatched up? I don't think he is. I think he's talking about when the new covenant comes, and and we talked about it a little bit last week, death and life. We want to look at death and life as just physical. He's talking about spiritual things here. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, right? But whoever gives their life and trades it for Christ's life will get to save it. When they have a spiritual death, after he, because they're talking about the kingdom of God is coming, he's ushering this kingdom. When does the kingdom of God come? When Christ was when Christ was. Uh, murdered, <laughs> buried and resurrected. He's the one that ushered in the new covenant. He was the sacrificial lamb. He was the only one that could do it. And so they're asking, "We want to know more about this kingdom that you have. You claim to be this king. When is this kingdom going to come?" And he's telling them, "It's coming. It's going to affect everybody. It's going to change everything. And it's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. You're not even going to be able to see it. You're not even going to be able to put your finger on it because it's going to be inside you. Whew. It's not going to be like the old covenant. It's not a weak sacrifice that has to continue to be sacrificed over and over and over and over again. It's going to be final. And it's going to be big. And it's going to affect everybody. It's going to change the history of the earth. And it did. Now where we get off right here, verse 34 says, I tell you, on that night two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. Now immediately we think, okay, well that's That's the second coming. That's when people are snatched out. But what a transition from the... He's answering a question at the beginning. He hasn't stopped answering the question. What's the question at the beginning? He asked the Pharisees, when will the the kingdom of God come? The kingdom of God doesn't come at the end days. The kingdom of God came when Christ died, right? So I think he's still talking about spiritual things here. I still think he's talking about a, a spiritual death and spiritual life. One person will have life and one will not have life. One will be gone, one will be there. One will be a walking dead person, one will be with new life. I think he's given a visual interpretation of what's happening in the spirit. He's saying, you guys have no idea how radical this is. You're going to have a living person next to a dead person. (laughs) You're going to have a person that's not there and a person that's really there. Now look, look at the curveball he throws at the end. What a (laughs) curveball. And it didn't make sense to me. I had to look it up and figure it out because I was like, yeah, you got me there, God. I don't know what you're talking about. So I looked it up and I found found it out. I found out what it was. The interwebs showed me. Verse 37, they ask again, where, Lord? (laughs) He replied, where there is a dead body, there there the eagles will gather. Oh, amen. That's good. That, That explains so much to us in this century we go what <laughs> some versions say buzzards but it really was eagles because he's paraphrasing job i found out he's saying he's continuing his thought he's continuing answering he's he's speaking to an audience that would know what he's talking about we don't i didn't but he's paraphrasing job 39:27 job 39:27 says does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high it dwells on, excuse me. It dwells on a cliff, and stays there at night. A rocky crag, whatever a crag is, is its stronghold. From there, it looks for food. Its eyes detect it from afar. Its young ones feast on blood, and where the slain are, there it is. I know it makes so much sense now, right? Um, the other time that, that uh, eagles are mentioned is in Isaiah forty thirty one. It says, "But those who hope in the Lord." God's people will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So what's he saying here? Where there's a dead body, there the eagles will gather, okay? Christ is the dead body. He's talking about his, still answering the question, he's talking about when the kingdom will come. So he's answering their question again. When? They said, okay, yeah, 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 whatever. When's the kingdom gonna come? And then he gives them this. And what he's saying is, the dead body is me, and the eagles are God's people, the church. He's saying, they will see me. They'll be up, perched up looking down, and they will see what happens. They'll see the blood. They'll see the gruesome death, that I'm going to die. And this is, this is when it's going to happen. You're asking when it's going to happen? I'm giving you a prophecy all the way back from Job, and I'm paraphrasing this so you'll understand what I'm talking about. You're going to see it happen. It's not going to be pretty, but you're going to see it happen. And so, he's, he's Christ is the dead body, and we are the eagles gathered around him. He's depicting the crucifixion introduction of the new covenant, the rule and reign of the king on earth, the availability of the kingdom of heaven inside of his people. So he's explaining very radical ideas to people that don't get it. They're still wanting to know when, where, how. And just like during worship, he's saying, I know you want to know this, but I'm the king. He keeps calling himself the son of man. I'm the Messiah you've been looking for. I'm the one, even though I don't look like you think I should look like, I'm coming to defeat your enemies. I'm I'm coming to crush sin, death, and hell. You think it's Rome? You think it's oppression? You think it's your buddy? You think it's your uncle? You think it's the bank? Hmm. I come to I come to kill your your real enemies. I'll put them on a public display on the cross. So what he's saying is, there's there's not there's not a here there or a. a um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a location thing. The kingdom of God is bigger than that. That's why we talk about it. it's not in this church building. We love our church building. It's fine, but the kingdom of God is in your heart. So when you leave this place, it goes with you. So you want authority, you want power, you got it. You want uh, healing, you got it. You want truth, you got it. You want revelation, you got it. You want boldness, you have it. You get intimidated. You think you need to run somewhere. This is this is where the church is kind of messed up and really tried to. I need to go hang out with those guys. Uh, the uh... AJ's having too much fun. Um, he must be teaching on the kingdom too. I wish y'all get so excited. Dang, it's kingdom of God, people. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so what he's saying is, they're saying when's it going to come? He's saying you don't get it. It's going to be inside you. This this uh, this Holy Spirit that we have. I believe we have tried to shortcut the Holy Spirit sometimes and tried to be something that we need, don't need to be. And this whole thing where I've I've kind of put all my eggs in one basket with the Holy Spirit. When I pray for this church, when I pray for you guys during the week and every Sunday morning when I come in here early and pray. um, That's specifically what I pray for you guys. I pray for a greater revelation of the Holy Spirit in you. I pray for a greater knowledge of who you are in Him. I pray for your your families, for your friends, um, for them to be blessed as you are in getting to know this Holy Spirit, this relationship. That the same way that I was talking about some of these invisible things that we go we begin to speak to people, they're going to be able to feel all this stuff that goes along with it. We pray for people, they're going to feel all this stuff that comes with the kingdom. Listen, Christ didn't come and bring you a piece of the kingdom, he brought the whole thing. Now we have the rest of our lives to, to figure that out and to see what that looks like, but he didn't hold back. We hold back sometimes, but he didn't hold back when he gave it all. And so I discover, <laughs> when I get into these situations, um, and I was talking to somebody about it the other day, um, Years ago, we were sitting at Waffle House uh, with Megan. We had just kind of gotten to know Megan, and we, we met with her, Tracy and I at Waffle House, and we were talking, and, and the waitress came up, and uh, we just said, hey, what's going on? She said, I'm great, just having a migraine, blah, blah, blah. And immediately, the Lord told me to pray for her. And then right after that, I, I thought, no, I don't need to do that. <laughs> That's weird. It's going to be awkward. We barely know Megan. We're probably going to freak her out. Um, there's other people in here, all these doubts and all these different things that come up naturally. But the first voice I heard was the Holy Spirit and said, pray for her. So I did. I said, Hey, can I, can I pray for you? Um, do you remember that? And she said, uh, she said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And so I prayed for her and, um, it was good and we ate and everything. And I think she said her head felt better later and it was good. But what I discovered that night, uh, was how, how simple it was and how not complicated it was, and how whether she was healed or not really wasn't the issue. I was being obedient to what the Holy Spirit told me to do. She felt loved regardless if she was healed or not. I wasn't attacking her. I didn't, like, freak her out and push her over or anything. (laughs) I simply prayed for something that she expressed on her own that she was having an issue with. That's how easy it is, guys. That's, That's the kingdom of God. That's sharing the kingdom of God. That's the reality of the kingdom of God that is with you, that is inside you. You don't have to come here and, and grab something out of church and bring it with you and give it to somebody. <laughs> it's with you all the time. I love how the disciples said that when, 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 when the Lord showed me that when they were asking for silver or gold, and they are like, silver or gold I don't have, but what I have I give you. They were confident in what they had. They knew what they had. They, understand, they understood kingdom better than some of us and that are fully in the new covenant. that understand it fully and clearly. They got it. They're like, oh, I get it. Many people did. Here's what I'll, I'll wrap up with this. Um, something else we overcomplicate is, is how, how the kingdom looks to other people should look or how the people should look to other people is the same way that we see it. That make sense? We, we have a perspective of the kingdom. We have a perspective of our relationship with the Father, and we put a bit of um, predetermination on how the kingdom should look to other people, and we want them to see it the way that we see it. Now, it's with good intentions, I think, most of the time, but everybody doesn't see it the same way, and everybody doesn't experience it the same way. So be careful with that. It's just, just kind of a warning there. But in Luke 23, 42, it says... And this is him, uh, this is Jesus on the cross talking to the thief. There were two thieves, one, one next to him on either side. Um, and the thief says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now this was a radical salvation experience that, they didn't roam through Romans. They didn't go through the sinner's prayer. The guy on the cross just got it. He, understood, he said, I, I, I get it. I think I understand who you are. Now, what's interesting is something I, I want to get into a little bit deeper as we move on through this is his kingdom started in the Garden of Eden. Don't you remember that? Because as we go through this, we're, I'm going to reference Eden a lot because his kingdom started in Eden and that's where his heart was and his heart has always been that he never changed it even though the fall and then the the reconciliation his heart was always for us and for us to have communion with him and to be loved by him and for us to love him and so what he says Jesus says here he says truly I tell you tell you today you will be with me in paradise now they didn't crucify Romans so this would have been a, a Jewish guy who speaks Hebrew all right who speaks Hebrew, and, and the Hebrew word for paradise, do you know what it means? Eden. What he's doing is he's taking them all the way back. I'm about to change this thing, and I'm going to bring it back to where it was, as if none of this bad stuff ever happened. I'm going to make it right. How radical is that? This guy goes, okay, I, I want to go to this place you're talking about. I want to I see this kingdom you're talking about. And Jesus says, hey, I got you. You're going to taste paradise today. And he would have known in Hebrew paradise would have been Eden. You're going to taste Eden today. You're going to get to go back and see rightness. You're going to get to see eternal life the way it was intended from the beginning. You're going to get to taste eternal life today. Now listen. As most of you know, eternal life has no beginning and no end. So the very fact that we inherit it is radical and is a miracle in itself. But it doesn't start when you die. It begins when you supernaturally accept it through the, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and what he did for you. And tasting Eden isn't just when you die, although we'll see it in its fullness, but you can taste it now. There are benefits to being a part of a kingdom. and There are super awesome benefits to being a son of the king and a daughter of the king. There are super awesome benefits to being heirs and co-heirs, and being at rest and seated with Him in heavenly places. So guys, stand up with me. I just want to pray for you. I told you I wouldn't keep you long, but I still went over a little bit. But I want you to think about that as you go through this week. Pray about this kingdom that we've been we've been that's been bought and paid for. That's uh. That's the good news of the gospel that takes not nearly as much uh, effort and complication that we tend to try to give it, but it's it's as easy as telling someone good news because that's all it is. It's about praying for that that person. It's about um, listening to the Holy Spirit in that grocery store that you go to all the time. You see that same person and you see something different on their face and you can see that they're hurting and you know it. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know something's going on, and you grab somebody, a friend of yours that's there, and you go and pray for them. Listen, it's about going to the hospital and seeing that person and praying for them with boldness, not knowing the outcome, but praying with boldness. It's about that 15-year relationship that you've built, and that person hasn't gotten saved yet, and you think, well, what am I doing here? Why, Why am I continuing to pour into this person and disciple this person and... And they're not even coming to church. I talked with the Turners about that this morning. We love people. We love people. We love people with no agenda. And the Lord continues to teach us that. Teach me that. Just love. Just love. Just love. We want people to know the Lord. But the way that they know him is is through his Holy Spirit, through you. And it doesn't always happen immediately like we think it should. It may take 10 years, it may take three years, it may take 15 years. But the reality is, just like the kingdom of God, it's not cookie cutter. It doesn't, it's not the same, it's not experienced the same for everybody, it doesn't look the same for everybody. It's 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 custom-tailored for every person. And what comes along with it, we go, okay, we have this kingdom, where is it? When is it? How is it? What's it look like? How's it work? <laughs> See. I said, Jesus going, do you have any idea who your king is? Do you have any idea of what all goes along with this? You're trying to figure this out? Don't worry about it. Do you have any idea what goes along with it? It's within you. It's a gift. And so you take it, and I just see. Guys, you remember, you remember the vision I got? I don't know how long ago it was, of the youth room, about, about the puzzle pieces coming together. It hasn't changed. I see you guys leaving this place, and it's, it was like a zipper with these puzzle pieces. And everywhere you stepped, it was, it was reconciliation. It was relationships restored. It was healing. It was, it was, it was uh, demonic powers being crushed. It was Holy Spirit movement and, and functioning and working and things just coming together. That's who you are as kingdom citizens. And as you walk out of this place, your circumstances change. They go up and down, and they they mess with your mind, and you try to figure all this stuff out. But what's constant is what's here. It's this Holy Spirit that's with us. It's this power. It's this kingdom. And you you come back to that. It's our rock. Okay, I got it. I got it. We're good. But what about this? That's good. I I got this right here. But what about this? That'll work out. I got this right here. So, Father, I pray right now as we leave this place, Lord, that you put those divine appointments in 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 our faces. Lord, make them very blatant because sometimes we're ignorant and we try to avoid some of the best blessings that you could ever give us because we think we'll be embarrassed or we think that people will look at us differently or we think that whatever. Truth be told, every time, every time, that you've moved and you've, you've, you've prompted me to do something, and I, and I step out of my own uh, thinking and my own comfort, and I step out. I'm really stepping into more comfort. I'm really stepping into more peace. I'm really stepping into more blessings because as, as I begin to pray for people and love people, I realize that that's what I'm designed to do. And it's so easy. And so, Lord, just just show us the way, just give us the opportunity. Here we are. <laughs> Use us, bless us, and show us. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen.